your Bibles to John chapter 9. For those of you who are guests, we do our best to work through books of the Bible, so we've been going through the Gospel of John, and today we find ourselves beginning in verse 13. I'm going to read the text out loud. You can just follow along quietly, and then we're going to jump into it verse by verse. John chapter 9, starting in verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son? who you say was born blind, how then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did you open how did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Huh. Do you also want to be one of his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, Uh uh-uh, uh, you're his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and you would teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who you are speaking to. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Just as a quick reminder, from last Sunday, we worked through the first part of this story. 
Jesus heals the man born blind. This guy born blind had no hope. He's a great picture of where we are spiritually. On his own, no hope. He could do nothing to restore his sight. And what's interesting is Jesus and his disciples are passing by and they look over and the disciples ask a question about this guy. This guy isn't even yelling out to Jesus like some people do. They walk by and they go, Jesus, teacher, why is this guy blind? Was it his parents' sin or was it his sin? Was he a sinner in the womb and he did something? What, what's going on here? And Jesus' Jesus' response was incredible. He said it wasn't that his parents sinned, it wasn't that he sinned. In verse 3 it said, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. What Jesus just said was this guy was born blind so that God's works could be displayed in him. So Jesus goes on and he explains that to them. He then goes over to the guy. The guy didn't ask him to. Jesus spits on the ground, grabs some mud, makes it, puts it over his eyes, grabs some dirt, makes some mud, puts it over his eyes, tells him to go wash. The guy goes, washes, and he can see. And he comes back, and nobody, there's people who recognize him, some don't, they're divided. Is this the guy that was a blind beggar? What's he doing? No, no, that's not him. That's somebody that looks like him. Because his life was different. He was acting different, probably extremely joyful. He could see. And they start to ask him, what, what happened? And he said, this man called Jesus. I don't know a lot about him, but he made mud. He put on my eyes. He told me to go wash. I did, and now I see. And they go, where is he? And he says, I don't know. And that's where we pick up today. So let's work through it verse by verse. Verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees. So the group they were just talking to said, all right, well, he doesn't know where Jesus is, so let's take him to the Pharisees. Let's take him to the Jews. Let's take him to the religious leaders. That doesn't mean that they were necessarily against this guy, but this is something miraculous that happened, and they're basically going to their local pastor. They're going to their leaders to say, help us understand what's going on. Okay? So they grab him. Verse 13 says, the man who had formerly been blind, and they take him to the Pharisees. Verse 14, now it was a Sabbath day. This is a new part of the story we didn't get before because it wasn't important yet. Now it's going to be very important. For those of you who may not know, the Sabbath day is the day of rest, the day to enjoy the Lord and to abstain from all your normal work. For those of you who have been here for a while, we've seen Jesus a couple of times get involved with discussions with the religious leaders because they're saying, these are the rules! And Jesus, you're a rule breaker. At least that's what they thought. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Again, the emphasis was not on the spit, although that was different. He doesn't have to heal that way, but he chose to in this instance because we believe, again, that he made the mud and touched the man's eyes, the one place that he was going to be healed. That's what that man needed to respond. But he made mud. This looks like work. So the Pharisees again asked him, verse 15, how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes, I washed and I see. His same basic response, right? It's not theologically extremely deep. He's like, there's Jesus. He, I think he spit, I heard something, kind of like a, <clears throat> not sure. He put stuff on my eyes, he told me to wash. I did and now I see. I don't know. What do you want from me? just did what he told me. 
some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. He's working on the Sabbath. He's a Sabbath breaker. Old Testament-wise, this is a big-time penalty, one of the Ten Commandments here. Obviously, this man is a sinner. You know what they don't understand? Jesus explains in Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read this to you. Listen to this. Another interaction with some Pharisees over the Sabbath. At the time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. He's walking through the grain fields. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Actually, that wasn't against the law. You know what the Pharisees are really good at? Condemning people for stuff that's not in the Word of God. You know what we're really good at sometimes? Condemning one another for things that's not in the Word of God. That's called legalism, and it's wrong. It means you're a Pharisee. He said to them, You have not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater, look at this, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not, you would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of, Sab- of the Sabbath. Jesus can do whatever He wants on the Sabbath because He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Hebrews, if you read the book of Hebrews, it actually explains that the Sabbath is nothing more than a picture of the rest that we're to have. And the Sabbath actually is Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. What does that mean? It means that in Jesus, you, have, you stop from all your work of trying to please God. You trust in Him and you rest in Christ for eternity. You stop trying to work. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They're trying to work righteousness. Works righteousness. If I do these things, God's going to love us. We're going to obey all the laws. I'm going to go to Sunday school. I'm going to check the box. I'm going to walk the aisle. I'm going to do everything, and God has to love me. No, He does love you because He's merciful and gracious. And so because He loves you, you do the things that He says, not so that He'll love you. What's interesting is just before that that interaction, Jesus says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that leads right into that discussion that we just heard. Jesus is explaining he's the Sabbath. Come to him. He's Lord of the Sabbath. Back over to John. He's a, he's a sinner. He's not from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. One, he's breaking the rules that they set up. Two, he's the one who's the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. He can do whatever he wants. And ultimately, he's telling them that God desires mercy. He wants to be merciful to us. They don't understand so others, so there's division. you got this one group who's saying, he's a sinner, let's, let's kill him, he's bad. 
This other group says, but others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? How, how if he's a sinner, can he do this stuff? Now, depending on where they're going with this, they could actually be theologically wrong, because if you remember the story back with Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron, they go and do signs. Do you know who else does some powerful signs? Yeah. Those who were under Pharaoh, his miracle workers could do powerful signs. So it's not necessarily true that only people from God can do signs, but it is true that the signs that Jesus is doing are far greater. And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, right? They they talk about it. They're like, "Eh, I'm not sure. They're on two sides. The Pharisees here. So they go back to him. So they said to the blind man, what do you say about him? Since he has opened your eyes. Right? We're going to go back to the source. What do you say? Here's what the guy knows. After hearing what's going on, thinking and such, he's a prophet. All I know is he was Jesus and he opened my eyes, but now that you're talking about it, he's a prophet. Because he's from God, obviously. Because he's doing these signs. That's where the blind man's at now. Let's continue. Verse 18. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind. They just asked him, so tell us, what, tell us what's going on here. Well, I was blind, now I see. Yeah, okay, tell us more. Tell us about Jesus. Oh, he's a prophet. Ah, we don't believe you. Nope. We've got we to do more investigation. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. We need, we need more witnesses here. This isn't enough. The people told us this happened. You've told us. We're not going to believe that. You know why? Because they're never going to believe. There's not enough evidence to convince them because of where their hearts are at. So they call the parents and ask them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? They're so interested in the the how. How did this work? His parents answered, "Uh, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. And notice they throw on there, they're asked, how then does he see? Look what they throw on. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Like, how does he see? Uh, we're not sure, and we don't know anything about anyone who may have been involved in this situation. Ask him. He's of age. That means he was at least 13. He will speak for himself. Probably a good bit older, but at least 13. But then verse 22 is there to give us a little more insight. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. They knew what happened. They knew more of what happened. They were fearful of the Jews. And, had, and the Jews had already agreed that anyone, if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, they would be put out of the synagogue, out of the place of worship, out of community. You'd be put outside if you want to follow Jesus. Persecution like we see today. It's normal. Therefore, his parents said, ask him, he is of age. So now they're going to go back to him. The Pharisees say, okay, didn't get anything out of mom and dad that we wanted. Let's go back. Verse 24. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. Here's what they're basically saying. Tell the truth. Say what's true here. We know that you're wrong. We know that you're lying. You need to give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He's the only one who never sinned. We know he's a sinner. He's the only one that's never sinned. 
Sometimes what you think you know may not be right. He answered, look at this. And again, by their definition, Jesus is a sinner, not by God's. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. He doesn't know a lot about Jesus. You notice that? He doesn't really know a lot about Jesus. He knows that he told him to put mud on his eyes, he told him to wash, he washed and he's back. And now he says he's from God, he's a prophet. That's what I know. Whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. That has to be part of our mantra. I may not know everything about Jesus, but here's what I do know. I was blind and now I see. This is a process that this guy is going through. Brothers and sisters, I need you to hear me this morning. You don't have to know everything about Jesus immediately. It's okay that we learn. It's okay that we're wrong on some things. As long as we don't stay there, we keep growing. Some of you need to hear me say, you're doing great. Keep learning. Keep growing. This guy is going through a process here. He's learning more and more. And the more the Pharisees question him, we see, the sharper he gets the more he understands. All I know is what Jesus has done in my life, is what he says. Do you tell people that? Do you tell people, tell people what Jesus has done in your life? I was blind and now I see. Yeah, but what about this about Jesus? I don't know about that yet. I'll try to go get an answer for you. I'll go read a book and I'll come back to you. But let me tell you this, I was blind and now I see. He tells people what he knows. We have to tell people what we know. You're not expected to know everything. Tell them what you know. They said to him, well, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them. This is where this guy gets, he's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He answered them, I've told you already and you wouldn't listen. You know why they won't listen? They don't have ears to hear still. John's already spoken on this multiple times. Their hearts are so hard, they don't care if the truth were to come right in front of them as it has. They keep rejecting it. Is that you? Does the truth keep hitting you over and over and over and you just keep rejecting it? No matter what comes. He then says, why do you want to hear it again? Ah, do you also want to become his disciples? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine these guys? I mean, they're rejecting everything about Jesus. They're wanting to kill this guy. He's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you like him. You want to be his disciple. You want to hang out with Jesus all the time. And they, oh man, look at how they respond. You can just imagine. And they reviled him. And they really responded well, mostly like a third grader. You're his disciple. You're like, you guys want to be his disciple? Uh-huh, you're his disciple. You're ugly. Don't, I'm ugly. You're ugly. You know? It's like, <laughs> these are the Pharisees. He's like the religious teachers of the day. This guy who's been born blind, he doesn't know much about Jesus. He's already schooling him. Why? Because he has the truth. He has the truth. Look where they go. But we're disciples of Moses. What did Moses write? The law. You know what's interesting? We read this a few, probably months ago now in John 5. Jesus had the same type of conversation with people and they were appealing to Moses. And he said, 
if you really understood Moses, then you would follow me because Moses wrote about me. That's what Jesus said. So they're appealing to Moses. We're followers of Moses. The fact that you're not following Jesus means that you're not a follower of Moses, actually, either. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, look at this, we do not know where he comes from. That's true and false. That's something that's been going on throughout this conversation, too, over the last few chapters. They know, isn't this Jesus? Isn't he from Nazareth? Like, don't we know his mom and dad? So they know where he comes from, but yet they don't know where he comes from because he keeps explaining he's from above, and they don't get it. He keeps talking about his father that he's come from, and they don't get it. They can't see it. So then the man... (laughs) Why, this is an amazing thing! You religious experts, you have no idea where this guy comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. You don't know enough information about this guy, and you're going to condemn him, call him a sinner, and yet he does something miraculous and opens my eyes. And he goes on to say the blind man we know that God does not listen to sinners but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will God listens to him he just made an argument the fact that God listens to him that God has opened my eyes through him means that he has to be from God now what are the Pharisees going to do now that's mostly true we see in like Isaiah 66 that it does talk about those who are basically in unrepentant sin That they do not, God does not listen to their prayers. However, people are sinners, and when they cry out to God for salvation, he saves them. So in one sense, he does listen if it's with the heart of trying to be saved for a sinner. For those of us who are Christians, does he listen to us? Yes, if we pray in accordance with his will, without doubting, and we're not living in unrepentant sin. Some of you may not understand the fact that God isn't hearing your prayers. is because there's a certain part of your life that you're not being obedient in. You're living in unrepentant sin in some way, and you also keep asking God for things, and he's not doing it because he wants you to repent first. Okay? So now, he explains God will listen, verse 32, and he says, Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind, showing that Jesus' work is way better. Now look at this. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. What's the, how the Pharisees going to respond now? They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and you would teach us? you get what they just did? We're not going to go to name-calling, basically. We're going to start to attack his character now, because they didn't get their way. We've seen this multiple times, too, with the Pharisees. We see this in our lives all the time. When you have the truth and you're confronting somebody or you're talking with them, they ultimately end up just name-calling because they don't have a good argument. Here's what he says. Here's what they say to him. You were born in utter sin. Do you realize that just a few verses before they were trying to prove the opposite? Just a few verses before they were trying to prove that he wasn't born blind. But because their arguments didn't work, now they go, you were born in utter sin, and you would teach us. You know what's interesting? Is Scripture says we're all born that way. Those religious people who know the law so well, the experts in religion are telling him, you're born in utter sin. And the truth of the matter is, if they understood the Scriptures, they would understand we're all that way. 
Remember, this is a picture of where we are spiritually. That's what this is about. Almost finished here. Let's go through a couple more. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us. And look what they did. They cast him out. This guy's been following Jesus for like a couple hours. I don't, I don't know. Not very long. He's already cast out of the synagogue. He's already got the religious people hating him. It's normal. It's normal if you're a follower of Jesus. Here's what's concerning is if your life doesn't look something like this, that's concerning. If you blend in with the world, that's concerning. This is what's normal. Now look how Jesus responds, and this is what we'll end with. Look at this. They cast him out. Jesus heard that they cast him out. The news gets to Jesus. Having found him, Jesus goes to him again. He said, because remember, this guy hasn't seen Jesus yet. Not like he could pick him out in 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 a crowd. Jesus goes to him. Look what he says. Do you believe in the Son of Man? We haven't heard that language with this guy yet. Those of you who, it's clicking in your mind right now, Daniel chapter 7 is coming up, where Daniel talks about the Son of Man. Ultimately, what that passage says is ultimately that Jesus is God. That the Son of Man will come, and he came up to heaven, he sat down to rule over all. So when Jesus says this, ultimately he's saying, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Messiah? Do you believe in God? Look what he says. He answered, And who is it, or, and who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. Going back on his words about his eyes. And he is the one who's speaking to you. And look at the man's response. Last verse here for us today. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. A couple things to take away then. This, I said before, this is the picture of us spiritually. You are either the blind man in the story, or you are a Pharisee in the story, or you're the blind man's parents. You're one of the three. You're not Jesus, just so you know. You don't get to be Jesus in the story. You're one of the other three. For those of you who are the blind man, your eyes have been opened. Be like the blind man. First of all, believe what's been revealed to you. This guy got a little bit over time. Just a little bit. He opened my eyes. I don't know anymore. He opened my eyes. Okay, he's a prophet. He's from God. Okay, he's extremely special and does something that nobody else can do. He's the son of man. He is God. This guy went all the way there. It's a process. Believe what you've been shown. Second thing, share it with others. This guy shared it with others. Share your faith with others. Share what you know about Jesus. Well, I don't know very much. Share that. I know Jesus is God. Share that. If you don't know Jesus is God, that means you're not a Christian yet. If you don't know the gospel, if you don't know that Jesus died for you on the cross in your place for your sins, that he satisfied the wrath of God as a sacrifice, that after three days he rose for your justification. If you don't know that, you haven't believed in that, then don't tell anyone that. You need to believe that today. But if you know that, share that. Understand that this is a process. This is number three. Understand that this is a process. And part of that process means it may cost you a lot. This guy was kicked out of the synagogue the first day. It's a process, but realize the process will be costly. 
And then look what the guy does in verse 38, what we ended with. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Worship Jesus. That's if you're the blind man in the story. Some of you are the Pharisees. Some of you are still trying to be saved because of your righteousness. You still have other rules that you're trying to obey, and you have other rules that you hold other people to obey that are outside the Bible. You need to repent of that and trust in Jesus and become like the blind man who actually sees. What's interesting is this blind man, uh, Dr. Carl says it something like this. He says, the blind man, over the, over the story, his eye, of course he sees, but then theologically speaking about God, he becomes clearer and clearer to him. He sees more and more. The Pharisees, who are the religious experts, it gets foggier and foggier for them. If you're a Pharisee, you need to repent. And then some of you fall into the category of the parents. You had not really made a decision about Jesus yet. When you're with one group, your son the blind man in this situation, when you're with certain people, you might be for Jesus. You're for the stories. You're for him. Yeah! When you're with other people, you're somebody completely different. I don't know Jesus. What? Who? No. I'm not familiar with him. You're living two separate lives. Just so you know, Jesus calls that being lukewarm and he says he'll vomit you out of his mouth. Pharisees are non-believers. Lukewarm people are non-believers. The only one who's a believer is the blind man. By his grace, he has allowed us to see. So since you have, if you're a follower, if you have the mud off of your eyes, if you can see, keep your eyes open. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your word and we are thankful for this message, the truth that you have in your word for us from this passage. Lord, I pray for everyone that's in here today. Lord, I pray for those who deep in their hearts, honestly, Lord, that they are Pharisees. They're people who go around judging other people. They're people who continually think that they can check the right boxes, do the right things, and ultimately you're going to save them because you have to. God, I pray that they would repent of that and they would cry out for mercy and understand that it's because they can't check all the boxes, it's because they cannot truly follow you, that we need Jesus. Lord, for those who are in here who are like the parents, and half their life, depending on who they're around, their mom, their dad, their church family perhaps, others, they can play the part really nice. But when it comes to the other groups, there's completely somebody different. Lord, I pray that they would choose to follow you. And Lord, for the rest who are just like this blind man, like I am, like the rest of us are, Lord, we praise you that though we were blind, now we see because of your grace, because of your mercy. Lord, help us to see what you've revealed to us. Help us to believe what you've revealed to us. Help us to tell others about what we know, even if it's a little bit. Help us to understand that this is a process and we're not going to be perfect right away. In fact, in this life, we'll never be. But it's a process that we're continuing to grow and look more like Jesus. Lord, help us to worship you the way you deserve to be worshipped because you are great. Help us respond in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.